last sermon in our Proverbs 1 to 9 summer series. Summer's well and truly over. Um, and over the past, I think it's been like 11 weeks, uh, we've put ourselves in the place of the sun in this household. Um, which makes sense for us, even if you're a, a woman, because Galatians reminds us we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Um, we've sometimes thought how obviously Jesus is the Son of God, and in his days on earth, he would have read this and heard his father's voice, and that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, but mainly, I think we've been listening to, to our father's voice. And as I think back over how our, our father has spoken to us over the past uh, however many weeks, it's been quite a comprehensive upbringing. Uh, that he's dealt with, he's spoken to us about so many different things, you know. What are our deepest fears and anxieties? And what should we fear so that we don't actually need to fear anything? About our friends and of the company that we keep, you know, you are who you listen to, and you'll listen to the people that you call my people. Who are your people? We've talked about that. Um, what or who do we trust in? We trust in ourselves, are we wise in our own eyes? Or do we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? He's talked to us about our sleep. Um, you know, that's a classic conversation. Probably parents here this morning thinking, why don't my children sleep? Um, well, the father's talked to his, his child about, about that. Money and how it can easily grab hold of your love and your heart and your affections. How we walk, how we talk, where we look. What we love, uh, we've had the awkward talk with our father twice, that was fun, wasn't it? Uh, about sex and lust and adultery. Um, I hope you feel the FOMO if you're away over summer for that. Um, and we've also thought about the anti-hero slug man, laziness, um, and, and all of that stuff. And I'd say overwhelmingly, it's felt like we've been disciplined by our father. But even then he reminds us that I do that and I speak to you like that because I love you. Um, that's actually proof that I love you, that I speak to you in this real way, you know. So, uh, and I was thinking that with all the students coming to Cardiff, if you're uh, a fresher here, um, we're at this last little talk. It's like the last talk the father gives before his son goes off and joins another household. That's what it's like. It's the conversation in the car on the way to tell about halls of residence. <laughs> and I mean, I, it was 11 years ago for me, uh, that I went to Liberty Living, it's changed its name to Unity up the road, uh, and 12 years ago for Emma, we were talking about this yesterday, it's a long time ago, and we really, now we're parents, we think, oh my gosh, our parents, what they must have felt, you know, I brought my child up for all these years, I've had all these conversations, I've invested in them, I've tried to teach them, and now it's up to them, and they, I hope they make wise choices, that is what we're going to look at in Proverbs 9, shall I read it? And then uh, we'll hear God's word from it. Proverbs 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has hooped it. I to say this. Who? Out her seven pillars. What do you say? At least not with his She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She's also set her table. She's sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Come, eat my food and drink the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. 
Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker, or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Instruct a wise man, and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The woman folly is loud, she's undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to all who pass by who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, and her guests are in the depths of the grave. That's the last conversation. Pray. Father in heaven, speak to us, our Father, speak to your children. We want to hear your voice. Help us to be wise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So just a reminder of what I said last week. Proverbs, what would be the New Testament word for a proverb? A parable. Right? Um, and the thing with Jesus when he tells the parables is, it's like, if you've got ears to hear, if you really want to listen to what I've got to say, then really listen. And if you want to know what the answer is, you've got to come to me and I'll give you the answer. Right? Uh, I read Proverbs 9 out to someone this week and I said to them, what do you think it means? And they said, oh, I think it just means like, um, you should eat food and then you'll live. And I was like, I don't think you're really listening, are you? You know? These are all pictures, right, that are spoken of here, that point beyond themselves to a deep reality. Um, so this is really like a parable for us this morning. Um, so here the father talks about two women. And actually, in all the conversations we've listened to, these two women are the main two characters that he discusses. Right, you've got a lady called Wisdom and she's wonderful and we had uh, we met her properly last week in a big way. We found out, didn't we, that she is actually the craftsman of creation. Who is this woman who was there in the beginning with the Lord and through whom everything was made, without whom nothing was made, that has been made? And who is the wisdom of God? Well, Noah shouted it out last week. It's Jesus Christ. Right? That is this woman points to him in the parable. But then there's this other woman who we've also met before when we had the awkward chats, right? It is the woman folly is, is aka the adulterous woman, aka the strange woman. And what you actually find out at the end is that son, you're gonna die with one of them. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? Um, so I, I think we've got to ask uh, some, some of these questions today. You have to ask yourself, with whom will I feel at home? Who do I want to be entertained by? Whose company do I prefer, honestly? You might do the Sunday school thing, Jesus, really? Whose company do you prefer? Where will I eat and be satisfied? Which household do I want to belong to? Which woman do I want to be related to? And so uh, I should have said, so that woman folly, like, who's she in the parable? Well, she is like Satan, his doctrine, and the lust of our fleshly desires. 
That's what she represents. So it's like this last conversation is like every good gospel sermon. You know, like that Billy Graham video we love here, where he goes, um, "There's a choice you've got to make. Either it's Christ and His ways, or it's the world." And only you can make that decision. Your parents can't make it for you. Your girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, only you. But it's also like Jesus, isn't it? At the end of his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Well, are you going to be a wise builder or a foolish builder? You know, which house are you going to build? You know, it's similar, isn't it? It's like Moses, when he, at the end of his life, he's like, so I put before you now life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. That you and your children may live. And it's like Joshua when he says, well, who are you going to serve? You know, is it the gods of your ancestors or the gods that are going to be in Canaan? As for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Like every good gospel sermon, the father in the car on the way to Taliban says, son, you've got a choice. You know that, don't you? And I wonder any Christian young people here today, maybe your dad or your mum had that conversation with you just a couple of days ago. And they're bound right. You have a choice now that you're out of the protection of the home. Are you going to choose Christ? Or are you going to choose wisdom and folly? I remember, uh, sorry, are you going to choose Christ, wisdom? Or are you going to choose the adulterous woman and folly? I remember myself uh, having to make that decision. Um, and I don't know how settled I was when I came to university on which way I'm going to go. But I praise Jesus, because this is what he does. He comes and fetches us from the house of the woman of folly. And he says, no, you're coming with me. That's what he does. He takes us into uh, his house. His house of the church. You know, pillar and foundation of the truth. That's what he does. It's so good, isn't it? But also, you might think, well, I've made this decision years ago. Every single day you need to eat. Every single day you need shelter. Every single day you need company and fellowship. Every single day you're being invited earnestly by two different invites, two different people from two different houses. Who are you going to pick? And this is, this is it. The end. You might have agreed with everything your parents said to you growing up, and you might still end up going to the wrong house. Right? This is what we're thinking about today. So I want to get a bit English lesson on you and do a compare and contrast. Charlotte Morgan isn't here today, are you? Um, she's, hopefully she'll, she'll feel the FOMO because I'm going really English lesson on us. Um, Let's compare and contrast these two houses. Oh, I feel a bit sick saying that. But anyway, uh, it's a new term, so here we go. Wisdom, you, you hear right in verse 1, this woman is a busy architect, builder, designer, right? Wisdom has built her house. Wow, she's better. With this woman has taken the time to design a wonderful house and she's built it herself. Seven pillars are hewn. Hey! Yeah, that's it. We get that. Alright. They're hewn out. <laughs> she's got these seven pillars, right? And um, they, they, seven is the number of completion in the Bible. This house is not coming down. His kingdom is forever, like we sung earlier. This house is going to remain forever and ever, and it looks beautiful. I hate to say it, it reminds me of how Mount Pleasant Baptist Church looks. <laughs> it's amazing, because it's got the pillars, isn't it? But, you know, we, I don't know, we've got these feasts, you know, but I see they're massive, chunky things, you know? Uh, that's what this house is. Whereas Folly's house, well, it doesn't say anything about her building or being busy. She's actually just sat on her backside, at the front of her house, right? And she claims it's her own. She's probably just said, that's mine. 
now with me a bit of that. Uh, and doesn't comment on the look of the house. It's nothing special to look at. In verse 2, we see with Wisdom's house, Wisdom entreats us with a meal that she's carefully prepared. This is no oven food. You know, this is the Josh Clark all day barbecue sort of thing. Yeah, you, know, you know, Wisdom has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. Uh, that's it, a meal consisting of two items, which is the same for both houses, actually. Two items. With wisdom, prepared meat and mixed wine. Now, this is a parable. Think about that, right? Prepared meat. Prepared. Time and effort taken over this. And it's meat, right? Animals died, and as you eat it, you gain life and energy. Right? Think about that picture. You know, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, who dies. He says, you know, if you want to be a part of me, you've got to eat my flesh, Jesus literally says in John 6. Most people leave at that point. He's, he's a mentalist. But that is it. The flesh, we need God's life in us. Um, but also, a unique wine. God's people have unique wine that they drink. That's called it in this house. Um, it's very special. Whereas, with the other house, you'll see in verse, uh, where is it? Uh, verse ooh, towards the end, uh, 15 to 18, it's in there somewhere. Um, there's just two items, bread and water. Verse 17, isn't it? Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret uh, is delicious. It's, I mean, firstly, bread and water, it's just not as good. You know, water compared to wine, come on, you know? It's not as good. Um, you'll notice also uh, that there's much to be said for the house of wisdom. Much to be said. Um, you know, a lot more verses given over to that. And that is simply because the members in this household are alive and well, whereas the members inside the household of folly are dead. Right, so let's just think about that for a minute. We're told in verse 3 that um, Wisdom's household members, the maids, you know, they got on board with the life of the head of the household, Wisdom, and they are sent out and they sort of evangelize. They join in in the invites. They're like, oh no, you've really got to come in. This house is the best one ever. I called this sermon in my head TripAdvisor. Right? <laughs> so, so they go out and they're like, oh no, five stars. Honestly, if I could, give, could have given it six, I would have done. Great reviews. You need to come in here. They are on board with the agenda of this household. They love it. Whereas the members in the household, in verse 18, you see, the woman Folly's household, they're dead. Now this makes me think of the, the story Jesus tells of the rich man and Lazarus. Remember the rich man ends up in hell and then he wishes he could go and warn. If he could be sent out and go into the world, he'd warn people, don't go here. Stay away from this household called Hades and hell. Stay away. But, so if, if, if they could get out, they'd say, no, minus five stars. You, you mustn't ever go here. Um, I love KFC, I might have mentioned it in the past. Um, and, but the one, just by the, just uni students, the one by you um, is really pretty dodgy. Uh, one review I read was that there was some hair uh, found in the KFC at one point. Just a heads up, you know. But it would be like that. You don't want to go in there. Don't go in there. Um, that is what they want to say, but they're dead. So they don't get the opportunity. Um, and I think, let's just consider then, the living and active members that are, in, that are in the household of wisdom. Right? I think there's three things with this household that you see in the passage. Firstly, what is the family etiquette in wisdom's house? 
Do you know etiquette? It's a posh little word, isn't it? I can say it though, I can say that word. Uh, but it's the, it's the code of behaviour among members of a particular group. What is the code of behaviour in the household of wisdom? Simply, in this household, we are teachable. That's what it says, isn't it? Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Verse 7 to 9 is all about this. We, in this house, we love to get wiser. Even if and even when the conversation around the dinner table is, mate, you know, I know you've been saying these things recently and they're lies and you can't lie in this house, right? Mate, I saw where you went last week and you, know, you really shouldn't be going there. Mate, I, you know, you need to leave that behind you and because it's not the way of wisdom. And the people in this house go, oh, thank you. I love you for saying that. Now, this, this is hard, isn't it? Um, I've got a, a good quote on this. I'm not sure if I'll be able to find it. Um, yeah. Is it then the mark of a wise man that he loves the reprover who tells him his faults? Judging by this test, we are forced into the conclusion that there are not many wise men among us. Right? It's true, isn't it? But in this house, church family, the mark of us should be more teachable. Um, do you notice that when someone does come and correct you, rebuke you, we've all got an inner lawyer in us that rises up, I object! You know? <laughs> no, I object! And they say, you know, come and justify, uh, no, let me just justify my, my client here. You, know, you can't say that. Um, we do that within ourselves, don't we? Um, but actually, in this house, we've already been justified. No need to come up and justify ourselves. Do you know, uh, I heard a great quote. The wise person, you'd think the wise person is always right. But no, the wise person is someone who knows they're often wrong and is up for being corrected. That's true wisdom, church family. So don't say, no, I'm always right, so your correction of me, that, nah, that's wrong. That's not the etiquette in this house. Not in the house of wisdom. The etiquette is, I love you, man, for telling me that. Let's have, let's have a hug. I've rebuked people before and they've hugged me, and it is weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they are wise. Right? It's beautiful. It is. Um, and I've been rebuked. My inner lawyer's come out. <laughs> I've got to say it, right? Um, we need to kill the inner lawyer. Or tame him, at least. So fight that way. And I know there's error on every side here, right? We can rebuke people when maybe we shouldn't. Uh, we can ignore things when we should come out on it. Uh, but, yeah, this is something we need to grow in. That's the etiquette. The, secondly, the, the family faith in the House of Wisdom. What's their creed? It's in verse 10. Something maybe they'd say, the catechism, before that they eat. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. They, yeah, maybe say that to each other. They are most concerned about the Lord. That's what they're most concerned about. More than anything, more than money, more than comfort. You know, we're going to sing at the end, Jesus is better. That is really what they, they think in their hearts, you know. And actually, I just care about what he thinks. I don't really care what other people think of me. I do care what my family say, but only because they fear the Lord as well. You know, so, so as we have that, that that's the, uh, the faith. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This takes us back to the very first talk we did. This is what the beginning of wisdom is. But it's, the, it's not the beginning that we leave, it's the foundation of this house, it's the fear of the Lord. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. They, they stand under, do you remember that we built the umbrella out? They stand under Jesus and his words. 
right? And Jesus and his word, they know that's the refuge. I stand under him. I know him. And he protects me from, you know, all the wrath of God. He shields me from it. He protects me from all my guilt and shame. Uh, from being vulnerable, he protects me. And, and finally, the thing about uh, the life in this house is, the members in the household of wisdom have a future hope. They really do. Wisdom says in verse 11, through me, your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. Not one member in this household says, oh, through me, I can make my days eternal. No. They look to Christ. They look to wisdom and say, through you, just through you, what you've done and who you are, that I live eternally. Actually, if it was down to me, I'd be dead. I'd be in another household dead. But you came and rescued me from that household and I'm now alive. Through your uh, power, uh, my life is eternal. And so thankful the members of this household that through Jesus, their days are eternal. So good to them. I will give you eternal life, Jesus says. So, two final things uh, to, to really wrap up and then I'll just do a bit of conclusion. Um, there's one big compare and contrast that I left out, so back to the English lesson, right? See, here's a similarity between them both. They both, both houses, both invitations, call out to the simple, the same audience. The simple are, we've said, the naive, right? You have a great opportunity, but also a great vulnerability. Uh, you know, when I was a student, uh, just to bring it back to that, you, you don't think you're simple. But as I look back, I realise I really was. I was naive. I'm, not, I'm, I'm 18 now. I know everything. I've done it. I'm ready. Here I am. I'm arrived. You know, I'm, I'm the gift to everyone. <laughs> you know? uh, but with hindsight, you're like, man, I was simple and I was stupid. Right? And, and, uh, but also, as adults, we, we could be like this too. But this invitation goes out. But it's a different nature to the invitation. Wisdom calls out to the simple to repent. Leave your sinful ways and you will live, person. Leave your sinful ways and you will live. But, you know, whatever, whatever is it you hold dear to yourself, you need to let it go. It's what Jesus says. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. If you want to save your life, hold on to your ways, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life from me in the gospel, you'll save it. Leave it behind. You know, the rich man, it's like, go and sell all your possessions. Just leave your life and give it all to the poor. And then just come with me and you'll have eternal life. And he goes away sad. Chooses the wrong house. Jesus says, you know, whatever you hold dear, like you think, no, I can't let go of this way of understanding my identity. You know, there's no way I'm going to follow you, Jesus, if I have to let that go. Oh, friend, you, you've made a really bad decision. He says, no, in this house you've got to leave all that. Leave it. I'll, I'll tell you who you are. You think you know who you are? No, you're simple. Leave that. I'll give you a better understanding of who you really are. You know. This is what I need to keep hold of to make my life happy. I'm not letting that go because this is my thing. He's like, I'm going to leave it behind. That's going to take you into the other person's house. You're going to die if you hold on to that. But if you lose it, let it go. Into my house you find love. So that's the big difference. Whereas the other invitation, folly, calls us to indulge, to indulge our heart's desires, simple, twisted heart's desires. 
she appeals to us on this basis, stolen water, sweet. Water isn't sweet, is it? Um, the stolen water, oh no, that's sweet. Adultery, not drinking from your own system. Do you remember that in chapter five? Drink water from your own system. That's the Father's advice. You know, delight yourself in what God has given you. And then finally come to be able to take what's better than that. Stolen water, going elsewhere. That's sweet, isn't it? You know it is, sinner. You know you like to sin, don't you? Stolen, adultery, stealing, that's the other commandment, and coveting. All these things, they don't belong to you, they're not yours. And folly goes, no, go after those things, delight in those things, pursue those things that aren't yours. Because that's the sweet life. And food eaten in secret is delicious. Here, there's dark corners of this house. You can hide, there's no accountability, and you can just do whatever you want, and that's delicious. Jesus knows this is what we're like. He says, this is the verdict, light has come into the world, but men prefer the darkness because their deeds are evil. And they don't come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. People love secrecy because you can do whatever you want there. There's only one problem is in there with Folly's house. People in there are dead. Dead in their sins and transgressions, like zombies walking in this life, you might feel that. And then eventually you'll die without Christ and without hope. So the final thing really is what you need to do. You need to leave your simple ways and, you, and go to Jesus and you will live. That's what you need to do. When Jesus invites you in, the answer is always yes. So I started uh, this whole series with a quote. And it's this, pity the fool, don't be one. It's that simple, actually. And yet we're really, really bad at it. So God has to pity us fools first. The first step to wisdom is to know that you're not in. End quote. But Christ Jesus is in. He is wisdom from God for us, isn't he? And Jesus came to set us free from the house of folly. Came, took on flesh. You know, the early church fathers say the house is Jesus' body. So it's the church and it's his flesh. He came down, born of a woman, to rescue us from that house, to bring us to himself, to set us free. He went into that house, raided it and led a trail of captives in his way as he ascends. It's good, isn't it? Jesus pours out the Holy Spirit on us, and he changes our heart's desires, you know. And we sung about that, didn't we? To be given a heart that responds to the Lord, the great, everlasting I am. That's what he's given us. Um, and he says, this is what we should pray, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. I want to stay in this house. So are you clinging to your simple ways? Leave them behind. Students, make that decision now. Don't be simple and naive and going about your business, not sure what house you're in. Get in on the house of wisdom. Be a member of a church family. Be safe, be protected. Jesus will keep you safe. And he will change you. And you will, you know, in Isaiah 55, it's like, man, it's such a big, life will be so different. You look at the trees and think, oh, they're praising Jesus. You know, you'll see everything differently. Leave your simple worldview, your simple ways behind. And that's up to Jesus. When he invites you in, say yes. So I pray for us. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for these sermons we've had. Thank you, Father, for your discipline and your discipling of us. Help us to pity the fool and to be wise. Help us to follow Jesus. Help us to accept his invitation and deny the invitation of our sinful flesh and of Satan. We know that way leads to death, but Jesus, your way leads to life. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
So I thought it would be really appropriate for us to come around the table. Because, of course, this is the 